Hey Warriors, welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you've had a great week. Mine has been interesting. My car broke down and I'm going to be getting it sent in on either tomorrow or Wednesday. It looks like it's the spark plugs. Um, I did have my pastor friend uh, Greg come and look and that's something we did notice. So pray that works out. The other thing is we're kind of, we're looking into trying to maybe getting a new vehicle and uh, I really would love to have a truck, but I know that God has a plan for that someday, but we may have to just get a car or something that we can afford right now so that we can get away from this car. It's over 20 years old and I'm starting to pay a lot more on it than it's really worth. So if you guys want to pray for that, that'd be awesome. Um, the other thing is we also had our light in the kitchen go out too. So hopefully they'll be able to come up and maintenance at some point. Otherwise, yes. So this week has been an interesting week that way. And it's also been an interesting week in things that my wife have been watching on Netflix, which if you guys haven't seen is the family, which then also we've seen commercials on, I think it was Hulu about a group called he gets us. And we're going to talk about that in a moment, but first we're going to read Acts 20 because this is where I feel that the essence of understanding where we're going to go for a topic is going to come here. And if you go down to verses the 28, right? And we're going to go from there, just share the verses. So Acts 20, 28, so we're going to start. It says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you over as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore, be on alert. Remembering that night and day for three years, I I never stopped warning each of you with tears. So, the essence of all this is to talk about kind of what, actually, I will not only say kind of, I think is what's going on based on what I'm seeing, based on how the series The Family is about a organization that has been going on for years, and then seeing this commercial basing it on what I have heard and from people when I was in Hartford and how they perceive Jesus to be. This is why we're calling this episode, we are chosen because it is a very interesting topic for us, especially as men to understand what is going on around us, what is going on in our churches and why it is a struggle with ourselves. So the series on there is called The Family. It is based off of a, I would even say kind of like a men's sorority feel or whatever the male part, I think it's not for, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, the idea is that is a group of guys who are being trained up to be so-called followers of Jesus, but they serve the political world. And not just politicians, but anyone who's connected to politicians worldwide. 
and the supposed teachings involved inside of this group of men. And there is even women who are also being prepared for like-mindedness to be wives of these men or other men that they may steer those men into the direction of the purpose behind the family. Now we've watched three episodes. I think there's four or five of them. So we don't know all the story so far, but based on what I've been hearing is very fascinating because it's all based around Jesus and being chosen. So the idea behind what they're teaching these men, now mind you, the reason why this is important to me to speak to you guys about it is because it's around the men. Is that they tell them you need to follow Jesus. They literally give them a Bible that just has the name Jesus on it and supposedly is just the words of Jesus or about Jesus and not including the Old Testament teachings and stuff about him coming. So they're very knowledgeable about that section of scripture and they're even knowledgeable in some other aspects. But the idea is to be works was to be like Jesus. So therefore focus on just the idea of Jesus. Okay. One of, and one, and I think it was episode two, maybe just maybe one and it might've been two. Um, they have a section where they're all sitting, all the guys in this group, they actually all live in the same building together. They all do everything together. They help each other. They clean, they work they, like everything is together to serve. And they just, Get give them food, taken care of, blah, blah, blah. But there's guys that come in and they teach them supposedly biblical views about what it means to be a part of this group. And one of the teachings was really focused on the visual picture of King David. Now we know that King David, based on even, because you know that I've talked about him, we know that he was a man after God's own heart. We know how he loved Jesus and, or loved God and he, he obeyed him and he followed his, his commandments. He fought Goliath. And then when Saul made his mistake of disobeying God, David was given the future kingship. And so they don't focus on that David, but they focus on the David as king and not only king, but then they also really focus on the story of Bathsheba. They really focus on the ideology of what's going on in that situation. And I remember the guy, he asked all the guys, what makes David special in this situation? he made a mistake and he repented. Why is it, why is David still very important? And then, you know, of course everybody made their own comments and the one guy raised his hand and he said, because he was chosen and the guy's like, Oh yes, because he was chosen. So the ideology that they were in placing in these men's minds, these young men was that even though he made mistakes, he was still chosen. Now it sounds good and right because in, in teaching the gospel message, repentance from sin and becoming an adopted child of God, we are now being chosen. If you look at it from that perspective, but 
their perspective is we don't talk about your errors in public because you are chosen. Even though you made a terrible mistake, you're still chosen. Even though you are still doing what you're doing, you're chosen. Do you, do you see the difference in now the, the ideology that's being placed? Same thing that I'm seeing also is this other organization that has just been doing commercials. It's called He Gets Us. And if you're interested in learning more of what they're teaching, it's called hegetsus.com. Now, the idea is that the, the us part is very highly emphasized. And in their commercials, they have Jesus with the U.S. at the end, gold, and the first part white, because the picture image is us. So this is the idea I want you guys to understand. This is what they're saying. This is about getting to know the real Jesus. How Jesus experienced the same problems and emotions that we've all been through. It's about providing a safe place to ask questions, including the tough ones. And realizing that Jesus is, the relevant, is relevant today as he was 2,000 years ago. Partially that is okay, but now here we start getting into more of their view Okay. This is about sharing Jesus, Jesus' radical love and acceptance of everyone. Now, if you're paying attention to progressive movement, you're paying attention to the culture, you're paying attention to what the church or some churches doing, I should say, just it's not the whole church, but many churches are doing that phrasing radical love and acceptance of everyone does not mean we just accept people where they are, which is what scripture teaches us, but it's talking about accepting where they are, but we don't have to be telling them that they're doing something wrong. Because right after this says, though you may see Christians as hypocritical or judgmental, that's not what Jesus was about. You see, they are now placing the idea of being a hypocrite and also telling people that they're wrong because of sin that they're doing. That's not what Jesus would do. That's not what that, that's not what Jesus, the Bible that I know of says. It says instead, Jesus offered radical compassion, stood up for the marginalized and understood the human condition and all its frailties because he experienced them all. We want to reveal the actual human experiences that Jesus had in his life and share them with you. His teachings and how he lived just might help you with your job, family, relationships, challenges, as well as issues like rejection, anxiety, depression, and more. That sounds all good and, and, and right, and it seems like it just fits, right? But if you're not listening to the words, you're missing out on what they're actually talking about. They're they're reformatting a, a view of Jesus, a masquerade of who Jesus is by creating a new form of Jesus. And what's very interesting is that both of these groups are very similar. Even though the family focused on the political agenda and connections to the world, 
this other group is trying to focus on the so-called minority, the struggles, the city life, the the current events, and being very anti-government. And like they even say it in some of their things, they're not left or right. They're not Democrat or Republican. They're not part. They're not a religious organized group. They're not part of any denomination. They're they're all about the radical forgiveness and compassion and love of Jesus. Their view is to kind of almost be like the rebel side. But both of these have something in common. The com- the common connection is that they both feel that they're chosen or taken out of place of what is there because of Jesus. And it's interesting because there was a Jesus people movement in the 70s, which started in 1967, that really incorporated meditation, Native American spiritualism, Eastern forms of religion, which if you pay attention today... It's very visible in how the churches are switching the emotional tension of the so-called traditional way into a so-called spiritual experience for yourself. You see, that's the point. We have to focus on the idea that love is just love. We have to focus on that Jesus just loves everybody. We have to focus on the fact that Jesus wouldn't wouldn't be part of any government group. He wouldn't be, you know, he's an activist. He'd be fighting for the smaller person. But the idea is, gents, if you're reading the scriptures and you're studying up on who Jesus is, none of that is the Jesus of the Bible. Because he did tell us to obey those in authority. And he did tell us to help the poor and the widow. But he's not a radical. He is not someone who only focuses on the rich and the famous and the powerful. And he doesn't excuse sin. In fact, he confronts it all three years of his time and basically reminds people that God's an authority. I am of God. You know, I'm sent by him. And you are lost you're broken you've been detached from god's grace and i've come to show you how to get back into his grace so his concerns were about the lost souls about people seeking who out who he really is the son of god the messiah that was promised in the old testament not this radical chosen person that people are creating scripture. And the more I've, I've been listening to this stuff, the more I've realized how important it is to really know your scriptures, to pay attention, because here's the one thing in first John four, one through six, it states, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because you who is in who is in you greater than the one who is in the world. Now you got to understand this. The picture of Jesus that they have been creating is not 
this picture of Jesus Christ that I'm seeing in scripture. So what we just read, you know, how to tell the difference. Well, the difference is you got to listen to the wordages that they're using outside of just scriptures. Because you remember, I talked about how the guy said, you know, we love King David because he was a man after God's heart. So he's using words to comfort you, to plea and to say, oh, yeah, you know, he was. And, you know, we know that, you know, he was chosen by God to be king over Israel. And they're, oh, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, he ruled and he loved God and he followed his commandments. And then we suddenly get to this picture of Bathsheba. And suddenly now it's like, even though he sinned, he's still chosen. But what they don't talk about is the fact that he needed to change, that he needed to repent. Even though he said, well, he did get he did get forgiven for what he did. But basically, they're telling these men, it's okay that you did wrong because you're still chosen. And they really wanted to emphasize the picture that because you are chosen, it makes you different from everybody else, disconnected from everybody else, which means that you have to be placed in a different level from everybody else. Now, even though there is a little bit of truth in the sense that we do have the Holy Spirit, so we are different from everybody else, our purpose is not to become powerful and change the world that way. It is to bring the image of Jesus, the understanding of the gospel, to to tell people about what Jesus did for us. That's our purpose. That's why we are chosen. And it's a very interesting cult group that this is at. And then the other thing is we are not to be these radical activists that are running around and raising their hands and jumping into all this this crap that's around us because that's what Jesus would do. No, caring for people does not mean you become a rebel and you become a person that destroys and hurts people and does anything that would harm someone and remove that the band-aid of <clears throat> understanding what this means to be love. Because the one thing I heard a lot is that getting like leaving people where they're at you're also not challenging them to walk with the Lord. Which is why we're more acceptable with certain sins as being okay, because as long and we, we use this phrase quite a bit, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, then what's the harm? Or just follow your heart, it won't lead you astray. We use it, like we're talking I'm talking about Christians use this. And I don't know how many of you guys have actually used this type of phrasing before, but you need to be very careful because it does not mean to, to the current culture the same way that you may be using it. So make sure to use the appropriate words when you're trying to or be, be clear in what you mean by any of the stuff, because our hearts are corrupted. Without the Holy Spirit, we have no capability of doing what is right because our hearts have the sin nature is still there. We've been forgiven and grace has covered that sin issue. And we have, we can have that connection with Jesus Christ and God and the Holy Spirit will lead us away from doing what's wrong, which is why Nathan confronting David and David actually seeking out forgiveness. He still had consequence for his action, which the family would hide anything or make people kind of disappear. So that as to disappear the problem which i will say this is something i see in churches all the time how many 
members and, and staff members who have done wrong, who repented. Because remember, God did not, God did not do two things to David. He did not kill him for his sin. And two, he still allowed him to be king. Why do we kick out members and staff members of the church who have repented truthfully, sincerely, and you can see it to avoid looking bad? Our whole purpose is for redemption, repentance, and, ch and seeing change in people. My most exciting moments is when I see someone who is acting one way and really starts seeking out God, suddenly stops or turns from that and starts acting into a direction of Christ. doesn't mean that they're perfect or they never make a mistake, but it's because they look at the, the challenges, the their struggles and they're seeking out Jesus. They're seeking out to do what he has asked of them. Repentance is turning from, it's not continuing being in while still doing what you're, what you so-called quote unquote chosen to do. And I've seen a lot of leaders that should not be leaders because they still have that problem. And yet they were quickly forgiven by the church and then never really dealt with the issue that that person has. While in other cases, I've seen hardships come down on staff members and members and problems came, things got fixed. And instead of the church bringing them back in, they kicked them out. I want you guys to think about that as we take a quick break. Hey, Warriors, welcome back to the second half. You know, we, we talked about First John, but now, you know, I want to point out a few things that I've also noticed. One is in Ephesians 1, and we go down to verses 4 through 6. It says, For he chose us in him before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. He predestined us to be adopted as sons through and daughters, through Jesus Christ for himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he lavished us in, in the beloved one, Jesus Christ. That's who he's talking about there. So you got to understand, we are chosen. Okay? It's not the picture that the family, it's not the picture of this uh, he gets us group is pointing out. It's not this new progressive Christianity. It's not this movement that's going on in our churches, kind of softening up the gospel message and softening up the church to appear spiritual, more meditational, more connective, more about, you know, us, more about community. See, the thing is, when I talk about how I want to build up the community, I'm talking about building the community as followers of Christ. When I talk about how we as a community can go out and, and make a network and connect with people. It's with the intention of the gospel message because we should be living images of Jesus Christ by loving on others, helping people when that need help, you know, their car broke down and 
they can't get anyone like in their family or someone they you know they're close to, but hey, they call the church and it's like, hey, you know, John, do you think you can go out there? He's over on highway, blah, 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 and his car broke down. He just needs to jump. Oh, yeah, sure. And he goes there because he happens to be nearby. That's the connection I'm talking about. I'm not talking about having, you know, hands in the in the pot of rich people or, you know, high um, motivating people. Okay. Like the purpose of the church is supposed to be a, a, a salt and light into the community. So when we talk about being chosen, it's not a right that you have that you're above everybody. And so therefore, you know, you can't really quote unquote sin because you repent. So therefore you're good. It's you repent because you know it was wrong. And so you repent because you want to be holy and blameless. That's what you're supposed to be seeking out. But the enemy knows this. The enemy understands that in the church, to be able to break the church, you got to break the leadership. To break the leadership, you got to break the ideology. To break the ideology, you got to change the minds of people. You got to get them to start questioning their faith, start questioning their scripture, start questioning the truth, start questioning the tr traditions of the churches in the past, and starting to step away from what is supposed to be the truth to, well, maybe we need to change this a little bit. Maybe we need to be more open. Maybe we need to be more aware. Maybe we need to just, maybe the scriptures aren't hundred percent true because maybe some, some people in the past have kind of twisted it and turned it. So maybe it's not a hundred percent, you know, infallible. Because if we go later in that verse, you know, if we go back to Ephesians, it says in verse seven, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the richness, riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he purposed in Christ as a plan for the right time to bring everything together in Christ, but things in heaven, both things in heaven and things on the earth in him. That's where our eyes and our focus should be is understanding Christ is for one understanding the scripture so you have a clarity when you hear people using false words and ideologies to try to pull you in you'll be able to recognize it because there is people in our churches who are using wolves and false teachers and religious networks to gain what they want even if it's in a small scale we're still seeing churches being able to use people for their purpose that's why I do have a hard time when I hear Christians just look at other Christians and say, well, they're Christians, so therefore um, they, they won't want to do the, the negative. But if we pay attention to what's going on around us, so like us guys, you know, at church, at home, at work, you know, you have your everyday 40 hour, 50 hour, 60 hour job. You go to church regularly. You, you're spending time. But the thing is, if you're not aware of what could possibly be affecting your church or, or involved in your kids youth group. Because remember, I shared about my story, how, you know, a uh, youth pastor that I once knew, um, he was bringing in emergent church ideology, but the leadership didn't know about it. 
You see, influencing younger people is how you make change in the bigger scale, too. So it's not just you and I as adults that are going to get affected. But what about your children and your teens and your young adults? Because you already see what is going on in public schools, let alone in public colleges and universities, and how certain teachers and professors come in and teaching your kids these ideologies that are not biblical for one, but two are also anti-American, you know, anti-capitalism, anti-anything um, that's going to say that those people are wrong, these people are right concept, because they can't have that. That's why it's easier to attack Christianity, because Christianity has a foundational moral foundation in Christ and Jesus and God in the Bible and Scripture. And when you can't really attack that directly, what do you do? You start changing the mindset of people. Because the more you get people to question truth, the more they'll be more willing to change. And if they're willing to change, then you can mold the, that person's mind into the image you want to have, which is why, you know, the connection to the family in itself is a bunch of guys feeling connected. And that's one of the things I hear. That's one of the things I see. Men want to feel connected to other guys. They want to have a good relationship with other men. They want to be able to do stuff with other men. They want to have conversations. They want to have biblical conversations. Whatever it may be, men want that. The enemy knows that. The enemy knows how to use that. And people who see that, who are wolves who are false teachers will come in and say, oh, well, I can build that and I can build these guys to be more of what I think is right or what I think is the truth. You see, it's very easy to be influenced to do things that you're not supposed to be doing if you don't know the truth. Now, it was very fascinating about the family. The one guy who was there, he was doing it as a report because he had heard it's like the secret organization and he several times as he was there would point out more of the scriptures outside of what they were just talking about to kind of emphasize, I guess you could say, what emphasize what they're trying to teach as it doesn't necessarily jive with the rest of scripture. And of course they didn't like that. And then, you know, I thought of verses in uh, John 15, go to verse 15 through 16. It states, I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give you. This is my commandment to you, love one another. <clears throat> so the idea that I've always focused on is this. You love God first. You follow his commandments. You follow the scriptures. This right here is the pinnacle of true Christian manhood. Will we struggle? Yes. Will we fall? Yes. Will we have battles, whether it's anxiety, abuse, anger, frustration, 
Will those pieces come into our minds and our hearts? Yes, if we, especially if we're not dealing with them. But the, the truth is, you follow God, you get into scriptures, you spend time in his word, listen to worship music, do the 30-minute challenge I've been challenging you guys with. <laughs> Excuse me. Do 30 minutes worship music, and just, if you have to, sit there, just listen. Get a journal, write out questions and thoughts while you're listening to worship. Pray over it, pray out loud, pray in silence, pray, you know, in a room where only you can hear yourself while the music is going. Because this is the thing, guys, being in the presence of God is just as important as getting to know God. It's the same thing like the relationships we have with those we love, like our wives. Just being in their presence to me, you know, being in my wife's presence and spending time with her, or being around her. To me, that's my love language. I love just being around her. I don't have to you know, hold her, pick her up, hug her, whatever. I could just be around her, and that makes me okay. Being in the presence of God can be just enough what you need until you're able to just open up. Because like the one cool part about the verses here, it says, do not call you servants anymore because servants doesn't know what his master is doing, right? And you could probably say to yourself, well, I don't know what God's doing. Well, yes, you do. You do have the scriptures. This is a way to learn what God is doing. And as you're focusing on the scriptures, you need to obey what he has commanded you to be doing. So you're living out your life to be holy. You're living out life to be upright. You're living your life to be truthful, honest, respected, of good character. And then from there, you keep doing that. This is why I think is very important. Not, I mean, you can have that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, but you also need to have connection with other men. Because sometimes our, our lives, our struggles, our hurts, things that we go through can influence the way we see or seek the scriptures. And sometimes we start looking for scripture that fits our ideology at the time. And I've learned that because, you know, in, in my hurt, I've seen how I've, I've like, you know, my wife kind of noticed that she's like, I noticed like in the beginning of your podcast, you spend, you have a lot of time talking about what happened. And I said, yes, because I was hurt. But as time has gone, as God has healed, the conversations start being different. They start being more focused on other things. And that's the thing. You guys that have stuck around for as long as you have, it was a journey that you got to be a part of what God has been doing. And that's how healing happens. It doesn't mean that suddenly I don't have issues, I don't have anger, I don't get upset, I don't have anxiety. No, because like I'm learning, I'm always learning, I'm always growing, I'm always seeking out the Holy Spirit's ability to open me up and to show me, reveal things that needs to be worked on. That's the same thing for you guys. We are chosen by Jesus. But now you and I need to make sure that we follow him, obey him, repent from our sins. We make a mistake. Be willing to apologize. Be willing to get right with God. You struggling? Reach out. Ask. Let people pray over you. Ask somebody to pray over you. 
you want to find growth, get into a good church with a bunch of men that you know and you could tell that they love Jesus correctly because you're loving Jesus and you're walking correctly. You see, the calling that we've had on us is not this calling that the world, like the family and he gets us, is trying to create Jesus to be. The story is Jesus died for you because you and I deserve death and hell. We are willing to seek him out as our Lord and Savior. We're willing to turn from our wicked ways and become a servant, even though he says he doesn't call us servants, but we are serving him. But he has given us awareness of who he is. You know, the disciples got to spend three years with Jesus every day. We don't get to have that luck. I should say, we don't get to have that opportunity as they did physically seeing Jesus walking every day with him. But we have the Holy Spirit, which, you know, Jesus emphasized to the disciples that blessed are those who have not known me who still believe. Because he understood that since he wouldn't be there physically to be able to guide and teach, the teachings that he taught would be given to his disciples because he chose them. You got to understand, God chose the, the 12 disciples, even though he knew Judas would betray him. He chose them because he knew that they would be able to take his teachings and teach others. And the same thing for you and I. We are disciples of disciples who are disciples of disciples who are disciples who are disciples. We are passed down discipleship that's been passed down from other disciples who've been passed down. Like it's it's 2,000 plus years of teaching coming down. And we need to continue that process. But you got to understand this one thing. You, it's not about just feeling it. It's not about just going to church. It's not about just hanging out after church. It's not about just doing a Bible study. It, it's more than that. You need to take what you're being taught in scripture and living it out in your life. And you got to take on like what Acts 20 says to be aware because when people who are walking in truth get removed or leave, the enemy wants to jump in because it wants to to take that weakness moment of losing someone, you know, whether they died, whether they've been kicked out when other corrupt people don't want them there, or they had to, they've been called somewhere else. You need to make sure you, member or even staff member who is not the main staff member of the church is aware of the truth, paying attention because movements have always been there and movements will always be there and they will keep pushing into the church and they'll keep pushing into the church, trying to influence, to pull believers away from the truth. Just like he said in Acts 20, <clears throat> men will rise up even from your own to distort the truth to lure lure these two groups right here that I talk about what's what happened even in the 70s to this progressive Christianity is luring people into falsehood 
And you and I, as men, as believers, leaders of our home, guardians of our home, because we're supposed to be on alert, we are also supposed to keep that same mindset towards the church and the church that we're part of and the members that we are part of. The enemy is there knocking. And even though <clears throat> the idea of being chosen is a powerful understanding because we were adopted, we have become his children. We are his followers. We're his friend. He, we are his servants. We are little Christ because Christian means little Christ. You guys got to understand, we're not given any godship. We're not given any other extra powers. We, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the truth and we can walk in it. And it's not going to be easy road and hearing like some of the comments in discord of what people are struggling with. The one thing I've one thing I've learned is the more that you focus on doing what God has asked you to do, the more problems you see going around you. You might you will have times of blessings, there'll be times of peace, there'll be times of joy, there'll be times of happiness, but there is always going to be the enemy trying to break your spirit, trying to break your uh, understanding of Christ, trying to make things happen. Like the one thing, even though the car, my wife and I were planning on going on a trip on Friday to go to like a local pumpkin farm just to do the festival stuff, right? The car didn't work. Now understand this, that I can look at it two ways. Being mad and upset because I didn't get to go. Or two, was God trying to keep us from going somewhere that we shouldn't have because of something that could possibly happen? So the thing is, we got to watch it when we get upset and frustrated and then looking at, well, you call, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of you. I'm a believer. I love you, Jesus. But why do all this bad stuff happen? Well, sometimes the bad stuff that happens blocks us from having anything worse happening. There's something to think about. But anyway, I hope you guys have a great week. I hope this will be a challenging, I know it's kind of a different type of conversation, but it is something that's been in my mind because I see how influence is influencing people to move away from the actual truth because it makes them feel good and part of something. You and I are already a part of something. We're part of the kingdom of Christ. We're part of we're his disciples. We're part of something. Don't let the desire of wanting to be part of a brotherhood connection or finding other guys who you can work with or, or you know, do stuff with be influence enough an influence that you kind of neglect neglect the scriptural truth to be part of something if they're not following the scriptures correctly don't follow anyway let's pray dear Heavenly father thank you for this time i ask you blessed ask you just move men's hearts if men are trying to find places to find connections trying to find other men to grow with bring the right guys I pray that you build it in churches that are ready to have such communities inside their church to build men of leadership, because I think that's another vital thing is that we're not building up our young people to be prepared to be men of God, and we need to be better suited to do that. But especially today, we are called by Jesus. We are chosen. We are his disciples. We are his followers. Let us understand that much more clear. I 
pray, Lord, that if there's any guys here struggling right now, that you would give them peace, give them understanding, give them direction, bring the right words into people with the right words to have of wisdom and of truth and of encouragement. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys enjoy your rest of your week and, and God bless. See you next time.